You're listening to the New Life Church Podcast, where we are passionate about helping you connect to your God-given purpose. To learn more about New Life Church, including our service times in Canton, Georgia, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. How's it going, everybody? (laughs) This is amazing. This is beautiful. Thank God for good weather today without power. Thank you. Yes, please, if you haven't signed up yet. I'm not used to holding the microphone. <laughs> we get, get spoiled. If you haven't signed up for Next Level, please do that. It's going to be an amazing two nights. You don't want to miss that. Be sure to do that. So we are in week two of our series conversations. And if you're a guest here today, this series... You guys provided me the material. You sent in questions, and this series is in response to the questions. Last week, we started off with two theological questions about eternal security, or once saved, always saved, and predestination. Come on. That had to have been the most interesting week of study and preparation for a message I have ever done. But we had a good week, and if you missed that, you can get on our website and catch up with that. Uh, I want to remind you, though, before we go any further, that as we navigate these tough questions, and especially the one today, you're not getting my opinion. You don't need another opinion. Can I get an amen? You You don't need another talking head. There are plenty of those in your life, and they all say different things, and they're all confusing. They never agree. So as the people of God, we need a foundation. We need a foundation that is never shakable, that never changes with the winds of culture or the opinions of people. Our foundation is none other than the word of the living God. Come on. Hallelujah. Paul told Timothy, his protege, in 2 Timothy 3.16, he said, All scripture is inspired by God. It literally means God breathed and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong. In our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. We need the foundation of the word of God as we navigate our lives. And especially with the subject matter of today, the question for today, we simply cannot go into this subject and this question today without the Word of God. We cannot do it. As a matter of fact, I would not do it. I would not try to tackle this question without the Word of God. Today we're going to talk about politics and the pulpit. Politics and the pulpit. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I sense your presence up on this hill. Lord, I sense a peace that passes understanding. I sense a cleansing as the wind is blowing. (laughs) Let your spirit blow through us, Lord. Let it cleanse us. 
Let it inspire us. Let it challenge us. As we go into this next week, open our hearts and our minds to your word. Lord, let us put our opinions to the side for just a few minutes and listen to your word and receive in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I feel the presence of the Lord. You know, I'm going to, I knew I'd do this. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change up just a little bit. <laughs> I don't have the, I don't have to worry about the media with the notes today. So it doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. Right? Yeah. I know Brandon's clapping. Our country is so divided, but it's not just our country. It's also the church. We can, we should expect the world to be divided. We should expect the world. And, but it grieves the heart of God that we are so divided in the body of Christ. When we're divided, we're not strong. We're weak. So for the next 30 minutes, I really ask that you try your best to put some of those opinions to the side and listen to the Word of God. Allow the Spirit to minister to you. And I learned a, 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 I learned a, a discipline, I guess, is the best word for it, years ago as a pastor and as someone, you know, I do a lot of things not so well, but one thing that I do well is I bring a sense of calm and I bring a sense of, of, of peace into situations that tend to be very, very difficult. It's one gift that God has given me. And I've learned what I call the balcony principle. It's a negotiation term, the balcony principle. In your mind, if you're, if you're sitting down with someone having a horrible disagreement, this could be your wife, maybe your boss, maybe your kids, and you're down in the, in the trenches with them, you can't see anything but your own opinion. You've heard that you can't see the forest for the, the trees. It's that idea. Going to the balcony is a metaphor for getting up out of that trench and going up above the problem up above the situation and looking down so that you can see the other person so that you might be able to think about what they've been through and their background and their upbringing and, and the challenges that maybe brought them to the place to the table that they are and the opinions that they have that you so desperately disagree with I think we must do this when it comes to politics and Christianity. We must not be so quick to judge, but take a trip up to the balcony and ask the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you change your mind. Come on, somebody. I'm not saying this is so that you change your mind and change your position. I'm saying this so that you bring a sense of peace and unity to somebody who is also a Christian. And you bring that to the conversation instead of disagreement and division and problems because the devil will eat our lunch. He is eating our lunch, if, unless we can learn this. I'm not hearing very much, and I knew that I wouldn't today. It's going to be tough. But we must decide that I'm going to be more than a Republican. I'm going to be more than a Democrat. I'm going to be a Christian first. Thank you for those three claps. I appreciate that. It's going to be tough all day. So here's... 
what I signed up for. Here's the question as I received it. Why do a lot of pastors try to be politically correct when it comes to voting in elections, such as not showing the platforms of each major party that clearly show how they line up with the Bible? I, I know this person and I think they were trying to be nice to me and be soft to me because this question is directed to me. So here's my interpretation, okay? Here's, here's what I interpreted. Why aren't you, <laughs> as a pastor and spiritual leader, being more politically vocal in the pulpit? And I do have a very clear biblical, I think, answer for that. And not every one of you will agree. And not every pastor will agree. I have good friends who do the very opposite of this. And that's between them and the Lord. But before we dive into this very polarizing topic, I think we need to set some Christian ground rules. <laughs> if we are truly followers of Jesus, if we are truly born again Christians, the gospel must come first, not politics. Come on, America is the greatest nation on earth. We are blessed to live here, to work here, to raise children here, to worship here. But I want you to hear me. This one would be on the screen, by the way. We can't become so obsessed with the election. We can't become so obsessed with politics that we undermine our Christian values. Does that make sense? Now, some of you will no doubt disagree with some of the things that I'm going to say, but that's one of the things that does make America what it is. That's okay. I'm okay with that. But listen to me. The devil wins today. If you allow a disappointment in something that I say or disagreement in something that I say to place a wedge between us, the devil wins. So don't give him that space. Don't give him that room today. God is blessed and by the way, if you're a guest here today, <laughs> wow, <laughs> what a day to pick. Number one, we don't have power. We're on the hill outside. Number two, the pastor's preaching on politics. Good luck is all I got to say. Come back and I hope you'll give us another shot next week. <laughs> Thank you, brother. God has blessed, come on, this church beyond measure. God has blessed it, and I believe the best days are ahead. But I think one of the greatest blessings of our church is the diversity that I see as I look out on this congregation. And I will not allow Satan to undermine that. Turn with me if you have your Bibles or your phones. <laughs> you can use a real Bible. It'd be kind of hard with the, the wind. But I'm in the New Living Translation, if you want to look on your phone in that, in that version. I'm in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, beginning with verse 13. Mark 12, beginning with verse 13 in the New Living. Later, the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus. To trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are 
You are impartial and don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Time out. This was all sarcasm. This was all tongue-in-cheek. They did not believe any of that. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Verse 15. Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw right through their hypocrisy and said, Why are you trying to trap me? Show me a coin. Show me a Roman coin. And I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he said, Whose picture and title is stamped on the coin? Caesar's, they said. Verse 17. Well, then Jesus said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them. Now let me explain to you what this means in our context with our question today. If you study that Jesus and this story and others, he would not be drawn into a political debate. He would not ever take the bait. They were constantly trying to get him to take sides and to get him to, to, to go into that, and he never would. The Jews hated Rome. Rome was their conquerors. They hated them. They hated paying the horrible taxes. You think our taxes are bad. How about 80% or 90%? They hated that. They hated the Romans. They hated paying the taxes. They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something that would get him in trouble. And they didn't care which side. If Jesus said, don't pay taxes, they'd be in trouble with Rome. If he said, do pay taxes, he'd be in trouble with the Jewish people. And they didn't care which one. They just wanted him in trouble. They wanted him to take sides. I'm preaching. And he wouldn't play their political game. His answer is brilliant. He says, give to Caesar, our context, the government. Give to Caesar or the government what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Here's the connection for today. Listen to me very carefully. This pulpit belongs to God. I know, I know. The instructions that I give when I'm standing here in this sacred space are dedicated to Him alone. My opinion on government policy, on candidates, on a, on a, on a, on a party, Republican, Democrat party, that's my opinion. And that belongs to me. But while I'm standing here, I'm not going to preach my opinion. I'm preaching, thus saith the word of the Lord. That's my call. That's my task. I'm well aware. Can I be real today? Can I just, we're, 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 we're down in it now. Come on. Hope so. I'm well aware, well aware that many of you want me to, or would love for me to get up and, and push a political party, a political agenda, a candidate, as many pastors that you respect, have done. And of course, as long as they're the ones you support. <laughs> There's a little asterisk there. <laughs> Folks, look at me. 
It is not that I don't have strong opinions about how things should happen on Tuesday. I do, just like you. As a matter of fact, if you want to speak to me privately about those, I'll be willing to share everything. I'll do it. I have my opinions of how things should go. And it's certainly not because I'm afraid. Come on, I preached on once saved, always saved, and predestination last week for crying out loud. I'm not afraid of politics. I'm not afraid of you. But I do fear the Lord. I do fear the sacredness of this desk. And I do want to honor his word at all times. And my strong conviction based on scripture, more than what we just read, but part of what we just read, is that the word of God will be preached from this pulpit, not politics. Now, I am not throwing stones at some of these folks who, who do. That's between them and the Lord. I will not get up here and rail against any man of God who's trying to do something for the Lord that they think is right. I will not do it. But the way I understand the word of God is that this pulpit belongs to God. Now, I'm not afraid to preach on any issue. If you've been around here, you know. Racism, abortion, homosexuality, social injustice. I've preached entire sermons on all of those issues, but it's not been based on politics. It's not been based on my opinion. It's based on the word of the Lord. Everything measured against the Bible. Here's the bottom line. Here's what I want you to hear. If I were to endorse publicly from this pulpit one candidate over the other, if I were to preach one political party over the other, pretty soon I'd be preaching to a church full of people who looked and acted and had backgrounds just like me. And that is not what heaven is going to look like. I will not give up the opportunity to minister to the entire body of Christ so that I can make a political point. I am a pastor. I am a pastor. I am a shepherd of the whole flock. I'm not a politician. But what I will do, now all of you that are upset with me right now, I need you to tune in. My mom is one of them. She's watching. I'm telling you the truth. What I will do, what I will do is preach the whole counsel of God's word and trust the Holy Spirit to speak to hearts when they vote. I'm not going to preach a long time, and I want to close with some personal thoughts, but still based on the Word of God. Can I do that? Yes. What grieves me most about this election is a complete lack of humility from both candidates. You guys know I've been preaching a lot about humility. I believe that humility is the key to everything. 
And neither candidate has demonstrated a biblical character of leadership regarding humility and honor and grace. I was so depressed after that first debate. I, when I went to sleep, oh my word. The Lord had to give me a song in the night <laughs> to help me. And he did. It was, great is thy faithfulness. And I woke up singing it and I shared it with you. It's just not there. It's not an, even an option in this election. Both men have fallen far short in that area. And that grieves me. So what do we do? Do we stick our head in the sand? Do we abstain? There are pastors saying we should abstain. You, you know, you can't vote this side because of this, but I can't vote for that man, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't think you can do that either in, my, in the way I see it. We must do our civic duty and vote. Amen. Here's what I want you to hear. We need to vote based on policy, not personality. Amen. Policy. 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 So we all need to do our due diligence and get on an, uh, as, as unbiased a page as we can. Ha, ha, ha. But anyway, and look at all of the topics and all of the issues and find out where each one stands. And then you need to filter. Are you hearing me? You need to filter those policies, not through your politics, but through the word of God. Amen. And that's how you should vote. And you shouldn't blindly vote for a party that your whole family has voted for, for years and years and years. You need to, to just put all of that aside, hit the reset button, and look at these two men and the policies that they stand for and, and, and filter them through the Word of God and pray about your vote. Amen. Healthcare, taxation, the economy, foreign affairs, the war on terror, education, racial equality and reform, the environment, all, somebody say all, oh. all of those things, vitally important. But the way I understand scripture, the way I re have read it and studied it, almost my entire life there has to be there is there is one issue that must be considered first and that's the sanctity of human life Amen. and notice i said sanctity of human life and not just abortion because it's from conception to death the sanctity of human life was a biblical issue before you get mad at me and think that I'm going against my own rules here. The sanctity of human life was a biblical issue way before it was a political issue. And I'm telling you, the Bible and science agree that life does begin at conception. But I want to add something to all of you who are upset with me and now are very happy with me. This, the goal, the end game is not just for a child to avoid abortion or escape abortion. The goal is for that person to become 
a great citizen. And we've not done a very good job once the child is born. We got to do a better job helping single moms and kids and children and teenagers in crisis. The sanctity of life includes that as well. We've got to help them, listen, we've got to help them before, before they end up in the system. Because the system is flawed and messed up. And the statistics will blow you away. I'm not going to get into it. I'm really excited about this. In 2021, New Life Church is going to throw our hat into the ring. We are going to be a church that helps kids and single moms and families in crisis. And I'm not just saying that. There's a, a ministry that we're going to partner with that's going to give you the opportunity and me the opportunity to help families in crisis. I'm going to unpack all of that during Next Level. That's part of the vision. Because we've got to do a better job once the kid survives abortion. Come on, somebody. And I'm not talking about another government program. I'm talking about the church of the living God being the church. That's what the early church was known for. They weren't known for just what they believed. They were known for what they did for widows and orphans. And we've got to be there. Come on, we've got to do that. We've got to do that. We can't. Let me get back here. There's one thing I want you to hear. We cannot impose, listen, Christian values on secular society. If we want to see change, we must model change. In other words, we can't rely on the government for everything. And here's where the unity comes in. Here's where we have to put down and, and, and lay, lay down Republican title, Democrat title. If the church of the living God were to unite and truly be what we've been called to be, the hands and the feet of Jesus, then many of these social issues and problems would be solved. Amen. Amen. So, as I'm closing down here, I'm landing the plane. Let's stop pointing our fingers at other people. Let's stop passing the blame. And for heaven's sake, listen, let's stop canceling one another out. And let's remember who we are in Christ. I am a Christian first. You are a Christian first. Let's act like Christians. Let's pray like Christians. Let's treat one another like Christians. All right, two things and I'm done. I came across this quote on Facebook. I think it was from Dr. Thomas and I think it was on his page. It's by David Jeremiah. He says this, when casting your vote, be confident. If the election doesn't go your way or judicial decisions disappoint you, remind yourself that God is unaffected. 
He removes kings and raises them up according to his plan. That is the sovereignty of God, and we've got to stand on it today. Give God praise if you believe that. I love what he said. Yes, you need to vote. You need to do your civic duty. You need to, to pray about it and vote. But be confident that God is in control. One scripture, and I'm going to let you go. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 says, This is what the Lord says. Should we listen? This is what the Lord says. Cursed. Everybody say cursed. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Yes, Josh, if you would come, thank you. Verse 6 says, They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. Now listen to what it says on the other side of the coin. Verse 7 says, But blessed, say blessed. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and the Lord their confidence. Not an election, not whoever's in the White House, but the Lord. They are like trees planted along a riverbank whose roots are rich into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. That is the promise of the Word of God. That if we will do our due diligence, if we will pray and do our civic duty, and we will pray to God, He has this thing, and no matter who is in the White House, we can trust in the Lord. No matter what trial comes our way, no matter what problems come our way, no matter where this nation goes to, as long as we keep our hope and keep our trust and keep our eyes on Jesus, He will take care of us. And I'm telling you, He will allow us, even in the midst of the worst, circumstances to continue to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. Give him praise one time. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Regardless of who wins on Tuesday, regardless of who's sitting in the White House, we are blessed if we put our hope in the king what i want to do to close out our service today y'all still love me by the way i mean good all right okay let's make sure these are the kind of sermons that keep you up at night right you don't know (laughs) what i want to do to close out the sermon is i want to pray I want to pray for our country. But I also want to pray for you. Before I pray for you, though, I think we need to bind together. Whether you're red or blue, if you name the name of Jesus, I think we need to bind together as believers for our country. Because we are at a crossroads. You understand technology is already being used that would usher in the end. We are close. We are close. So it is so, so important that we continue to pray 
and continue to trust God, continue to believe. Would you stand with me, please?
I want to hear you pray it. Come on, join me right now and pray for your country. Father, in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, you are great. You are mighty. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we believe today that you are sovereign, that you are in control. Father God, right now we pray that your hand would be upon every voting American, every single person, Father, that has been called to cast their ballot. I pray that you would move upon their heart right now, that you would begin to speak to them and show them your word, especially, Lord, if they call on your name, if they are believers, God, I pray you would speak to them, Holy Spirit, about the most important things, and God, that they would have a conviction, Lord, to, Lord, Filter their, their politics through the Word of God and not the other way around, Father. God, I pray in Jesus' name that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come Tuesday, Father. I'm praying for a decisive victory. I'm praying, God, that it would not go on and on and on and put this country into turmoil. But, God, that it would be an obvious victory that we can move on with our lives, God, and that you would be in control of this and you would take care of this. We bind together as brothers and sisters in Christ and we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, bless the Lord. If you were challenged and or encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you find us. To experience other messages, videos, and live events, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. And again, thank you for listening to the New Life Church Podcast.